Hello, and welcome to the Retireable Podcast. I'm Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. How are you doing today, John? You know, I'm good, Mike. It's great being in here and, and talking and going through a lot of this different type of stuff. I, I think when we when we do a lot of this, there's so many other parts of our lives that we like bringing into this conversation. Like we did a, we did an episode before on uh, on charities, and we talked a lot about our charities and some of the different things that, that we've done. You actually were just doing some traveling, so I, there, there's some things we'll talk about with this. But but tell me a little bit about your trip. What what happened here? Well, so in our industry, as you know, in I guess in a lot of our industries, but uh, in the financial industry, it's a growing exponentially, the learning's exponential. And so one of the great things I like about um, our, our firm and our, our boss as well is we're always learning and growing. So last week I was at a conference um, in Philadelphia, of all places, okay. um, for uh, Charles Schwab. Okay? okay, And it's their annual conference. There's like 5,000 advisors. They use this, uh, the convention center there. It's got over a million um, square feet. True. It's huge. They had hundreds of different companies and all sorts of different arenas sure. and we'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a minute but um and then there's a lot of cool experiences and and we lucked out with some nice weather too and it just again we're from detroit and unless you're down for a ball game there's there's really not a whole lot of people walking around you know so it's just nice to see in you know An in active a, downtown, in downtown area sure. and just to see the different things like we went to the art museum and got to see the rocky steps you know okay, okay. <laughs> so that was a, a big deal they have a big statue for rocky um, there as where, well. Where was your cheesesteak from? Um, Lefties. Okay. Okay. Right. No, I have no uh, idea. It's, <laughs> it's, G- it's Geno's or past, <laughs> but know? we can't say that, right? I mean, Lefties. I have no idea. That's actually someplace around here. That I've, is, I've that seen is, it. I've, I've had one there. We, it's, it's Geno's or Pat's. Those are Geno's the ones in Philadelphia. Pat's. We actually did have some cheesesteaks, and I don't remember the name of the place, actually, to be honest with you. So, But they um, were good? But they, it was good. Good. Yeah. And, and what I didn't know, which is kind of interesting, the cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, they don't use melted cheese. It's cheese the cheese, uh, cheese whiz or the cheese sauce, which I yep. was, you know, it, it's just a little unusual, but it was actually pretty yummy. So one of the great things about traveling that my family gets to do is is recreating the food, right? That's yeah. that's part of the enjoyment. So yeah, we were w- well familiar with the cheese whiz on the on the cheese steak. We re- tried to recreate that at home. We've done that a few different times. So yeah. but carry on. Tell me about tell me about what you learned. What, no, what'd you I, get? I just I, actually that's kind of interesting though too because every place we go, right? Especially when you're going to these big conferences, they want to give you a taste of their town, right? Sure. And so we've been in many different places throughout the country and gotten some of the whatever's they're, they're known for. So that was, uh, I, I didn't even think about about that. But yeah, the, the cheesesteaks were there. In fact, um, the, 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 the day before I got there, um, some of the people from the office went to one of the famous places. Okay. That, and it was okay. funny, but they had to wait for like, Oh yeah, you know, there's, like, a, there's like a long twenty minutes yeah. or whatever for their cheesesteaks, and so um, I, I flew in a, a little bit later. So, but yeah, that's just kind of interesting that you said that. So, you know, I think John, what's really cool about um, about what we do is that uh, when we go to one of these conferences, they have hundreds of presenters, and we can actually build your own schedule and learn different things. Sure. You know, and there's lots of different companies that will provide different information. So it might be some financial companies, um, lots of technology companies, and it may even be some ancillary companies. What I mean by that is um, they may just provide a newsletter, for example, um, or a um, account, you know, some type of a, a account statements or even gifting for clients, you know. Sure. So there's lots of different things that they will do. But one of the things that, that was really interesting to me is they, I went to a, a session that talked just about what are clients looking for in advisors. Okay. And when they when, and what they talked about it, the number one thing, the goal for a client, um, was that does he does he understand me? You know, that was yeah, the did, number one. Yeah, do they get me? Do they yeah. understand? Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. And then, then the second thing is, 
um, do they have the same values as me? You know, and you know, we were just talking a little bit earlier about um, we oftentimes attract clients that are like ourselves. Sure. You know, we're, we're sure. charitably inclined, so a lot of our clients are charitably inclined. You know, that kind of stuff. So that kind of was stuck with me as well. And and then the other thing was. You, most people, if you like the person that you're doing business with, right? But it's it's it went one step further, and they said that they 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 would they would hang out with you. They would be you know like like you socially as well. Yeah, I, I think that's everybody in. Well, I mean, certainly in this industry, in in the financial industry, everybody's friendly, right? Yeah. Everybody's everybody can be friendly, but is it t- change over? Are they someone that you would c- could be a friend with? It's interesting how how people look at that. Um, one of my internal partners um, does a lot of boating. It is an unbelievable connection with people if they have a boat own a boat they're they're boaters he connects with them differently than he does with other people and i mean it's it might be subconsciously but but i notice it all the time it's like oh are they a boater oh yeah they are and it's it's interesting how you notice that with that well it is funny how that it works you know like you know you and i've been fortunate to travel a lot you know throughout our 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 lives and so a lot of our clients will see they're talking about traveling and and it's an interest of ours tours too so you're right we we oftentimes will start sidetracking about some of our yes. travels or yep. I've been here, I've been there. So yep. boating, I'm sure, is, is the same thing yep. for Absolutely. for him as well. One of the things I, I learned, though, John, I want to kind of point out, though, too, is that they said that there's a, there is a percentage of individuals that actually are afraid to go to an advisor, okay? And, and do, you, do, you, do you know why they're, they're afraid to go to an advisor? Do you have any idea? That's a really good question. No, go ahead. I, yeah. I, I have some theories, but but... For the interest of time, why don't you just give me yeah, the Yeah, no, that's why I was asking, because I thought it was interesting, is because they're afraid of being criticized. See, that's what I was curious about. Or they were they were afraid that maybe they didn't have enough money, or someone was going to tell them they were doing it wrong, or, or doing something inappropriate. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So a lot of people know that they're not on track, and so they're embarrassed to yeah. go to an advisor when that's the time you should go Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And, on, and I kind of relate that to, let's say, a, a, like a doctor. You know, a lot of people don't want to go to the doctor because they're embarrassed about something, you know, um, or they don't want to get help because they're worried that the, the doctor's going to yell at them for whatever yep. habit they yep. may have yep. or their cholesterol's too high. Well, or the, the, the dentist <laughs> is the easiest example. The, I don't want the dentist to tell me I, I don't brush my teeth enough. Yeah. Or the, yeah. No, and I, so then they refuse to go. It's which a defense is, which mechanism is, which is, for sure. Which is kind of silly. So, you know, money and your health are probably two of the most important things and people are afraid to do that. So I just wanted to mention to people that if you come to my office, you come to John's office, we're not going to criticize you. We're here to help you, right? It's a relationship thing going back to what you were saying. I think as people get to know you, they feel more comfortable. They feel they're not going to be criticized. But no, absolutely. That is a, and it's not just, it's not just us. I, I think if you're introducing or interviewing any financial person, you, you have to feel good about that relationship. If they do criticize you right up front and you do feel bad about it, that's okay to leave. It's, yeah. it's 100% okay. We certainly aren't going to do that. We've, we've been there. I, I think that's a really important point as far as the relationship that you just mentioned in, earlier. Yeah, you, there's got to be some comfort there, sure. right? And so and we, and if our industry is intimidating, we're not trying to be. You know, we're, we are here to help you. And you just got to find the right person that is going to going to help and you. And they're out there. Yeah, they're out there. And sure. you may find more than one. That's okay. But the, there is somebody out there for you just to get in, to, to, to find somebody that can help you. There There is a, a, a person that's going to be similar to the way you think, the way you talk, the way you interact, the way you learn. There's going to be somebody out there. And, and, and if it's not us, we, we want you to find that right person. Welcome our guest today. Um, we have John Cole, who's a Senior Executive Vice President of Financial Services of America. He's been working there for 22 years and a good friend of ours as well. Um, John Cole, Financial Advisor with Financial Services of America. Welcome. 
Well, Mike, John, uh, glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Excellent. Excellent. Really glad to have you here, John. So our, and the reason John is here today is we're talking about a really unique subject. And this conversation is kind of how society, uh, how jobs have changed. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about um, pensions themselves, but more specifically, the, the, the idea of pension buyouts and, 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 and lump sum pensions and some of these conversations. And so John is very familiar with a lot of this type of stuff. He's going to kind of give us some feedback on, on kind of what we're seeing and what we're changing. So John, on this thought process... Pensions have really changed in our lifetimes, right? I mean, that's a big difference, right? Well, yes, it's uh, it's much harder to find a company that uh, is offering a pension nowadays, yeah. right? So that's definitely changed. And, and a lot of the companies that are offering them are looking maybe to offer these buyouts and, and, and maybe uh, get rid of the, the pension. Well, and here in our area... Um, in, in, in Michigan, th- this current time period, I know w- when you listen to this might be a little bit different, but we, we've seen the, the, the big three, uh, the UAW, um, the big three, Ford, GM, and Chrysler, or Stellantis, I guess I should say, in this area. They've, they've just had some strikes and some conversations going through, and pensions has been right at the forefront of things that, that people are complaining they want to get back, and that seems like non-negotiable. Like That's not coming back in a lot of places. I don't think the companies, it's very expensive for them yeah. to have that obligation, yeah. right? So Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's, like it's going to change. So uh, Obviously, in the, in the many years that we've been doing this, we've uh, oftentimes seen you know, different uh, amounts of people that have pensions. So, John, when you are uh, in, in a room today and you, let's say, survey the room, how many people would you say out of 10 have pensions? Well, it's definitely much less than in the past, like you said, but you know, maybe half of that, two, two three out of 10. And again, in this area... Uh, being with the big three around here, there are probably more people with pensions that may maybe than in other industries. Uh, but unless you're in a room with uh, municipal workers, you know, firefighters, police, um, maybe or, or teachers, right? Te- maybe teachers, maybe exactly. Some teachers. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, there's not a lot of those pensions left out there. So, so the, that is the reality nowadays. If you're working for uh, you know the public sector. Um, versus the, the private sector. I mean, when I say public sector, a lot of it is, you know, governments or, or you know, police departments, like you said before. Um, they oftentimes have pensions, but the private sector, that's the, it's a dying breed, right? Okay. Oh, definitely. So who do you see that has pensions then now in the private sector, would you say? Uh, definitely employees that uh, aren't on the younger side, right? Uh, even in the, the big three, a lot of those pensions aren't offered anymore to a new employee. So right. unless they're in their 50s or 60s, and they had one in the past, then, um, yeah, you're not seeing that a lot. Well, and, and, and I think what you are seeing, what, what, what we're noticing so much in, in, in what you kind of brought to our attention is those that did get pensions before the companies, it's too expensive for them to keep it, right, to, to, to monitor it and pay for it and do it. So they're rather, they, they'd like to buy out somebody and get out of that uh, um, liability, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, again, it's an expensive obligation, so they either want to cut some of the administrative costs of, of, of having that pension plan, sure. or they just want to reduce their long-term liabilities, definitely looks good for their profitability, right? Yeah, so what, what we oftentimes see then is that these pensions, like you said, some of these older people, they might have been either grandfathered in, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they were lucky enough to get the pension, but the new employees right now don't get that, right? Um, and sometimes they're just frozen, right? So, okay, we're, you, you get this pension until this date, and then from this date forward, you're, you're, you're on your own kind of thing, right? Why don't you explain to us, John, then, what, what is a, a pension buyout? Well, a pension buyout is, again, when a company gives an offer to an employee to take a lump sum of money or an annuity in lieu of future monthly pension payments. So in, in, in that situation, what, what we've kind of noticed with this is, is there's 
different styles of how this works, right? There, there's different components, but generally, like when if they took the buyout, let's talk about this because the, the 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 company's wanting to get rid of the pension liability, so they take the buyout, they get a lump sum of money. What what happens there? How does that work? Like, what is it titled? What does yeah. it look like? What is what's going on there? And first, you probably want to you know have to understand how they come up with that number, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. again, there are mortality rates, okay. the the age of the pensioner. Uh, and then there are the um, current interest rates across the spectrum of different maturities on the yield curve, right? Okay. So that's really going to give the net present value of what the lump sum needs to be to really fulfill those future obligations, okay. right? So, it's so the hard part, I think, with that, I think I think that's a really good point. So there is actually a calculation in there because there's a lot of times you'll meet with people that get this and they look at it as kind of like a lottery winning. Hey, look at all this money I got. Look at, you know, and, and you're saying there's an actual calculation that you have to figure out to determine... It's the right amount of money. Definitely. And actually, there's a uh, right on the IRS uh, website, there is a, um, a chart showing interest rates. There's different segments, segment one, two, and three, which are, again, different segments of, of the yield curve. And again, so when interest rates go up, actually, that lump sum amount is going to be decreased. So if you've seen the last couple of years when interest rates have gone up, yeah. so lump sum buyout offers are actually much less now than they were even two years ago. Wow. Let's let's say somebody gets this offer, it, 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 and 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 this is happening because companies are wanting to, like you said, wanting to try and get rid of that liability. We're seeing it fairly common. It's cheaper to hire a new person. It's cheaper to have a a, a new person get you to leave. Hey, here's a way we're going to entice you, and we're not going to have that liability. Get rid of this money now. We won't have to pay it for as a liability for the next twenty years. Why would a person choose to do that? Like like let's let's. We're not so worried about the, the the companies right now, right? I mean, that's a different conversation. But what about the 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 individual person, right? Why would they or why wouldn't they choose to take that money? What's going on there? Uh, that, that's a great question. And again, each individual is going to have different circumstances, correct? So what might be right for one person might not be right for another person, right? So it's all specific to that individual's you know goals, needs. So what I like to do when I sit down with somebody who has this potential offer sure. is uh, first educate them on the advantages and disadvantages. Of both sides of that equation. Okay, so like what? Like so, uh, an advantage of uh, keeping the the pension monthly payments, right? That advantage would be that you now have a stream of money that you can't outlive, good right? Point. So if you live a really long time, that's really good to have that income, you know, continuing to come in. Um, in addition, a lot of uh, pensions might offer a continuation if the pensioner passes away, their spouse can continue those payments. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, if you have a spouse that is younger than you and or in better health than you, then that might even be a, mo- a bigger advantage to, to keep that pension payment going yeah, and, choose, and choose that option. Absolutely. Um, a disadvantage to the, the uh, pension payment would be that it's uh, not flexible. Um, let's just uh, say if you don't need the income, uh, you might have a couple of Social Securities coming into the household. Maybe the other spouse has a pension. Sure. You might have your required minimum distributions coming. You have enough income to meet your, your monthly needs if you have a pension payment coming, now you just really have income coming that you don't need and you're paying taxes on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's, it's just inflexible. On okay. That. Okay. So uh, that, that would be if you took the pension. So, so yep. what about the opposite? So if, uh, f- so for the lump sum, so let's look at the advantages of that. Well, the advantage would be it is flexible, right? You might be a, a person that, uh, well, may- maybe you're not in good health, right? That's, that's a, something you have to look at. Or maybe you just uh, have different lifestyle um, or retirement goals, 
you might want to you know do a lot of traveling when you retire. So you'd rather have more money right now right. than maybe money potentially coming to you in your 80s and 90s, right? Right, right. That um, makes sense. Maybe you have some you know credit card debt that you want to pay off with high interest rates. So maybe having that money will help for the long term getting rid of that debt. So the advantage would be the flexibility of having that money in your hand, and you can choose to do what you want with it. When you, you mentioned you mentioned the tax conversation, you might be able to do more tax planning with that money as a lump sum versus coming every month. You might be able to do maybe some Roth conversions or some other stuff with that. That that money comes out as a generally comes out as a retirement account, right? If they take a pension buyout, yeah, you, you could roll into a qualified account or an IRA. Oh, okay. correct. So then you, you you would owe taxes on that money in the future when you use it. So you might it might make more sense to do a, a take the lump sum if you don't need the money and, and do some more tax planning. Well, and, and part of that too is now you have a lump sum of money, right? And so, you know, one of the disadvantages of that, that pension is when does a pension end, John? When you die, right? Or maybe you're a survivor, right? So if you yes. go with a, a spouse, then it's gone, right? And so that's what, you know, you, you hear about those individuals that, you know, work their entire lifetime to age, let's say, 65 years old, they retire and something happens to them at 66 or 67. And then so that they have this pension that's supposed to be for their entire life. It just, it's now gone, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the advantages of taking that lump sum is now they have those assets for themselves or for their family too. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, definitely. It's, it's cash in hand, right? So if something does happen to them and unfortunately they pass away, you know, sooner than the expected and their spouse possibly too, there's now a lump sum of money, which may be a sizable lump sum that can now go to their beneficiaries, children, whoever, maybe charities um, that wouldn't otherwise have been able to happen if they would have taken those monthly payments. Well, and, and that's a good point. You said sizable. Let's let's talk about that now. So, when we're because we we've all seen some of these quote unquote we'll call sizable pension buyouts. Because if you were supposed to get a, a pension of maybe let's say two, three, four thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life and you retire at age sixty two or sixty three, what are some of the numbers that you're seeing as lump sum buyouts, John? Uh, and again, nowadays maybe with the interest rates being a little higher, those sums are a little lower, right? Um, because of those factors, but uh, you can see anywhere from you know, as low as, you know, 100000 or less to 500000 700000 maybe a million or more. So yeah. it could be a very sizable sum of money, definitely. Well, and, and, and what's interesting is on that, when you see those dollar amounts, you know, the, the company themselves came up with a calculation. Like you said, it's, it's pretty regulated how they come up with that calculation definitely. and what they're doing. So on the other side, it's pretty regulated on the financial side, too, as far as, hey, what is going on in your life? Well, how long would this money last and, and how would you be able to use it? But it still seems like there's some emotion that can go into it. Why a person might take it or might turn it down. There might be things that aren't just straight numbers, right? There might be emotion with that. Uh, an example that I can think of is if I worked for the same company for 30 years and got the same paycheck from the same company, it's a different emotion to not get that paycheck anymore, even if, even if it's coming as a pension, right? I'm just using a hypothetical example. If I got a paycheck from Ford for 30 years and in retirement, I'm getting a, pay, a, a retirement check from Ford and they told me to go off for a buyout, that might emotionally be weird to me, right? I mean, you might see stuff like that. Oh, uh, definitely. There, a person's, uh, you know, risk makeup, again, taking that lump sum does have some risk to it, right? Sure. You have a pile of money that um, if it's not managed properly or if you spend it too quickly, you may be out of money and then and then what do you do, right? Yeah. Again, if you live a long time and, and that money's gone. So there is definitely risk in taking that. Uh, so some people just don't want to take that risk. They'd rather have that monthly payment coming in every month, whether they use it or not. It feels good. 
And so we have to uh, look at that too. So, so again, that's your situation. That's a really good point because one of the disadvantages, right? If you have a pension for life, if you live to age 100, you have that pension, you have that income coming in. If you have a lump sum, you have to manage it properly. And obviously, that's why we have a job, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we as advisors can kind of look at that. And some of it is, you know, take off the emotion. It is math, right? We can look and 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 use some certainty. Um, you know, with some of these things. And there's also tools that we can use to guarantee, still guarantee some income if, if needed, right? So um, we can utilize those, those, those um, well, and vehicles. I, I think it's also interesting because, because emotion is such a difficult part of money, right? Money doesn't know anything different, but we put money, you know, we put emotion on our money. But that's an interesting one because I, um, I've heard from families recently on the opposite side, and, it, and it's difficult. And it's, it's when you talk about the math, John, that, that you're looking at, you really have to go back and, and, and utilize that. I've heard people on the other side of the emotion saying um, they didn't want to get a pension from the company because they didn't think the company was going to be there for long, right? I mean, what, what happens there in that situation? Is there how, What do you say to somebody like that? That's definitely consideration. Again, if that company did go bankrupt, right, that, that pension would now well, it'd fall to the you know, PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, okay. um, and they would continue those payments. Now, there is a limit to those payments of how high they will pay you. So if you have a very high monthly pension amount, yeah. Um, it may not be covered. But, and again, those are those tables that show that too, based, yeah. based on the year, it changes every year. But uh, for the majority of people, they would keep getting their pension. So that's not as big of a concern. I would not have somebody make a decision based on that. But there is the emotional part where yeah. they, if they know that their company might not be on solid uh, financial footing, then that might weigh in their mind saying, you know what, I just want to take this money and, and have it. Okay. It's interesting when you talk about a subject matter, obviously, like Mike, you said, this is why we, we have a job or why we do this podcast, why we interact with people. One, one of the things is if it's a cut and dry answer, uh, uh, X plus Y equals Z, right? It, it, it's, we can get that on the internet. We can get that almost anywhere. We understand exactly where the numbers come from. There's still so much emotion that goes into it and in making that decision that you want to talk with somebody. What does someone do if they, what, like, how does this process work if they need to have conversation about this? Like, generally, these are time-sensitive matters, right? Uh, yeah, the company will usually have a deadline on, on when that decision needs to be made. Correct? Okay, okay. So in that situation, they're generally just reaching out, right? I mean, they're, they're going to reach out, let's say, if they're, if they're trying to get a hold of you. How are they going to get a hold of you if they have these questions? Uh, well, again, may, maybe they're, uh, they may talk to a friend that is in a similar situation, and maybe that uh, you know, friend would uh, re- you know, refer them and, and say talk to John or, or somebody at Financial Services America that uh, deals with this type of uh, situation. Yeah, I, I think we can't stress enough, I mean, because we've all seen it, and, and we've all made recommendations of, of making sure you know, that the, the income was more important than the lump sum. And then sometimes, especially if they have outside assets or, or can bridge the gap or additional income, like John said earlier, that the lump sum might be advisable. Um, but individually, and I can't stress that enough, you have to make sure that you're making and making the right decision because you, you, you can only do this once, right? You can't undo it. It's not, you don't get a do-over when you make right. these decisions. Um, and it's also very time sensitive. You know, sometimes we see 30 days, sometimes we see 90 days. Usually, you know, six months or less, you have to make this decision. And sometimes they offer buyouts and like literally you got to wait. We're, we're doing a lump sum with a bunch of people and you have these 30 days, um, you know, and some people have to make decisions. We saw back in 2008, for example, where people that didn't want to take the buyouts, but they were afraid they were going to get laid off anyways. You know, so they had to make some of these decisions, right? So um, sometimes you're under the gun to make some of these decisions. So um, seek the experts, um, you know, again, whether it's our firm or whether it's a, another advisor, but I can't stress enough to, to make sure that you're getting the, the advice that you need. 
Yeah, and I'd add to that, Mike, as well. Again, whatever whoever you speak to, whatever financial advisor, make sure they're asking you these questions. What are your lifestyle goals? What are you trying to accomplish? What is your risk makeup? Again, would you want that monthly check coming in, or do you, you would you rather have that lump sum? And again, looking at all of that, but making sure that there's a plan. If you're going to take that lump sum, you should have a plan. When do you see yourself maybe needing this money? Is sure. it potentially in two years, three years, maybe not maybe 10 years, right? And then, of course, have that, that financial plan according to, to that for your risk tolerance and, and what you're, you're trying to accomplish. Great point. Great yeah, point. Yeah, it's always about the plan. And we, we talk about that a lot. So, well, John, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your time today talking about that. And, and I think this will kind of lead us to our, our, our next segment here called Holistic Happenings. talk about holistic happenings as a firm we are a holistic planning firm which we can look at not just the investments themselves but you know the other things that are that are part of that whether it's estate planning whether it's tax planning whether it's you know even some of the health um, issues as well and so we, we run into different things um, oftentimes and we just want to communicate that to our audience of, of some of the the things that we see uh, on an everyday basis um, with the, the people that are the families that we work with. So, John, what have you ran into recently? Well, it's interesting, Mike. I think I've used this uh, conversation. It seems like it's happened um, more times than I can count already this year it is, is people trying to change over real estate. Actually, you're, you're seeing, um, you know, people trying to adjust and, and, and sell a property and buy a property or change a property. We're see, we see that so often as people get closer to retirement or as they walk in retirement, maybe they want that uh, winter home or summer home or, or different components. And, and I've seen that a lot actually here in, in just the last couple of weeks. We've had a number of different families that have that are in the process of changing over homes. And so it's, it's do we have money available if we need a mortgage? Do we have uh, funds available for furniture or for moving costs or for different things and, and, and connecting them with the proper pro- professionals, right? Being holistic, we might have some answers on this, but we got to get them in, in touch with the proper people. Maybe it's the get in touch with the mortgage people and, and, and help facilitate answers there with, with, with their help, or maybe get them in touch with the tax professionals and help facilitate, hey, what's the tax consequences of this or the, the estate planning attorneys? Hey, you, you don't own this property anymore. You own a new one. Maybe that needs to change estate planning. So I have seen that a huge number of times this year, and it came up again here just this week. I've actually seen it twice just this week. I had someone text me yesterday and through our channel at the office, they said, you know, can I, can I send you some pictures of the new place? I want you to see them. And I said, absolutely. Let's, you know, we see that on occasion of just the excitement of what's going. We want to be involved in that and be helpful, but all the work they had to do to get there, they're just super excited, but we're seeing that very, very often though. Well, and, and more importantly, you know, we talk about, you know, tax planning is an ever changing process. This real estate market has changed so dramatically over the last couple of years. You know, you used to be able to get a mortgage for, you know, two and three percent, right? And now the mortgage rates are so much higher, and so people are trying to um, find ways to still get into their their new place or their vacation home, or or sometimes it's we're seeing some downsizing as well, and and trying to negotiate or or manage. You know, what's the best way? And and it used to be even not too long ago, John, that. You know, you almost had to have a cash offer, right? right to get right. a place. That's just a few years ago. And now what we're finding is we're just low inventory, you know. And so we, the timing of finding the right place is becoming a little bit more difficult with the financial. So well, and that and that that's so important when it comes to planning because you, as a person, us, we, any of us, you know. We don't want to hold off our lives for the outside factors, right? Uh, uh, maybe there's low inventory, or maybe interest rates have changed, or whatnot. But it's like 
I'm still a certain age and getting older. I want this place now. I've waited my life to get in. So that is such a big part of planning. When we talk about being holistic, it's such a big part of planning is having stuff earmarked for those parts of life and for that to happen. So, and being ready for when the opportunity arises. You know, even as, as John Cole was talking about planning for the pension buyouts, it's a plan, right? Because sometimes you have to have a backup plan as well, right? You know, so the, the timing of it has a lot to do with it. So let's say you do have a house right now that has a, a mortgage on it and you want to buy another house. Um, let's say, you know, whether you're up, you know, upsizing or upsizing or downsizing, I should say, what's the timing of it all? And so sometimes you may have a backup plan. You may, you know, take a home equity line of credit so that you, you can bridge that gap and sure. bridge that loan. Um, and sometimes you're just, you're trying to, you know, okay, I'll sell my house and I have my my 60 days or 90 days and, or to occupancy sure. and try to get that new home. Or like you said, we're fortunate in our industry to deal with a lot of people that are retirees and they're getting their summer places or, or their I'm sorry, winter, winter places, winter places, I mean, places yes, or, up yeah. north Michigan or, or, or down yeah. south. Yeah. So there's a lot of things we have to consider when it comes down to that too. Right. Well, and I, and I think again, like anything with our conversations, it, it, it's whether it was the pension buyout conversation from John earlier, whether it was just the, the holistic happenings again. So Mike, if they can get a hold of us, what's the best way to get a hold they of can us? Call us at our phone number, 1-800-977-9292. Or they can hit us on the website at fsa1.com. Okay. Obviously, you can contact us directly. My name is Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. Thank you for listening to Retireable. Insurance products are offered through the Insurance Business Financial Services of America. Financial Services of America is also a financial services practice that offers securities products and services through AE Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. FSA is also an investment advisory practice that offers investment advisory products and services through Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA do not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by FSA are not subject to regulatory requirements and standards of care applicable to registered representatives and are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AEFS, FSAA, and FSA are not affiliated companies. Any and all other services referenced are an outside business activity not offered through or supervised by AE Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, or Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA and any other entities are all separate and not affiliated entities. FSA advisors may refer you to local CPAs for tax services, including our business partnership with FSA Tax and Accounting and attorneys for estate planning services, including our strategic partnership with Benjamin T. Bader PLLC, if needed, to coordinate and collaborate with you and your advisor on your holistic financial plan with proper written authorization. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. FSAA and AEFS are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSAA and AEFS. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. 
Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Case number 3306800, January 2024.